leveraging tech, we can have an impact that is uh, global and long-lasting, and um, you know, scaling uh, an impact much, much more than what what happens today. Um, so this is this is a goal for us that goes beyond our um, you know immediate uh, value propositions, etc. We can be part and we can lead at a team or co-lead with many others, I'm sure, uh, change towards a sustainable society. Nothing less. <laughs>
and how they look at measuring their progress toward their goals of diversity, equality, and community building. There's a lot to get out of this conversation. So without further ado, let's get into it. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Laurie. Very nice to be here with you today. Hi, Hugo. <laughs> I'm so glad that you uh, were able to join the summit, and I'm really excited uh, for people to learn about the um, you know the concept, the innovation that uh, you are bringing to this space. And so I will um, let you go ahead and tell us about Esteem and what your mission is and and how you're working toward it. Great. Yeah. So. Um... S-Team organizes um, hackathons that we call Equalitons. So it's hackathons for equality. What is a hackathon? It's a way, it's an event where uh, technologists and innovators generally gather to um, achieve a goal in just a few hours or a weekend. So they're going to hack, they're going to develop something. And what we do is uh, we make it a bit different from uh, what the hackathon is normally. First and foremost, by inviting talent, like these people who join, to uh, develop something like a tech challenge, a solution for a nonprofit organization about a specific theme that can be um, diversity, equity, inclusion, or environment, sustainability. And uh, these equalitans, we're trying to transform them into a kind of meetup.com of, um, you know, ESG or DEI or CSR, and there's a lot of flexibility. So uh, we're working on that currently. All right, awesome. Now I know uh, another, I'll borrow a term from another um, host I know who talks about jargon jail. And so it'll put you in jargon jail. So we have to explain just for people that are not familiar, DEI, CSR, ESG, right. what, are, what are those things? Diversity, equity, inclusion. So this is a very famous now um, program led by HR, usually within companies to make sure that the company first is more diverse. So meaning that in the teams, um, you can see more representation of uh, underrepresented talent, usually coming from uh, different communities, can be uh, people of color, um, uh, Latinos or uh, Hispanic people, and uh, you can, you know, LGBTQ and many other communities that can uh, either suffer from bias or uh, be underrepresented in the workplace or in society. That's uh, diversity into DEI and then you have equity, which is more about, you know, accessing uh, the same opportunities as the other once you're in the company. So it's more about career development and inclusion, which is the, um, you know, the, the, the link between all that and the cultural aspect to make sure that um, uh, the company is inclusive, that people just welcome each other <laughs> very basically, but more than that, of course, and uh, that there are ways for people to uh, learn how to work together. Because when you have diverse team, sometimes what happens if you don't have an inclusive culture is that people just leave a company and uh, won't come back uh, or even become detractors instead of being promoters of your company. That's the I. CSR is corporate social responsibility. It's more usually uh, targeted uh, towards um, uh, environment, uh, sorry, environmental um, goals, but also volunteer participation and engagement of employees. Uh, and it's not necessarily HR based, but and then you have ESGs, uh, which are usually kind of financial ratings of companies and more metric based approaches to all that. 
Okay. So uh, that's a uh, big focus, I guess, for um, some of our larger corporates that I think people would normally associate that kind of thing with, especially like, as you hear, um, like you're saying, like, if there's not inclusivity, you may have that diverse, more diverse workforce um, turning over more. Um, so we're used to hearing about some famous um, issues and, you know, at, at larger companies, but for, do you all um, see smaller companies or mid-sized companies also caring about these areas and, um, you know, looking to connect with the diverse talent pool that you guys are bringing into the Equalifons? It's, um, it's a very nice question because we, um, in the beginning, were didn't know exactly who would be interested by Equalitons, and we've been talking to lots of different companies. Definitely, the larger companies have more uh, maturity in their thinking about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, or CSR because they've been at it for a long time, and they really need more employee engagement than smaller companies. Um, and there's many, many uh, you know research um, documents that show. Uh, the multiples between small and medium businesses and large businesses for how more difficult it is to engage people with large businesses. So they need more, they need to give back more and to engage um, their employees. Now for us, uh, we see a real good fit with large companies, but we also see a really good fit with startups, believe it or not, and the mid-market companies around um, you know, I'd say 100 to 1,000 employees. We don't we've not really been able to um, engage with them at scale because uh, the way we go to market is purely by, by talking to people we know. And uh, people we know are you know large companies initially and talent and the talent uh, in tech are recruited by startups very often. So they talk about us and that's how, since uh, equality and since participating in the hackathon is really flexible and you can get what you want out of it, Startups can can really uh, be interested, and uh, based on our pricing, it makes it super available for for them too. Right, and that's um, actually pretty interesting that you have those two ends of the spectrum, um, as you know, as far as what we know about the data for representation. <laughs> you know, in these areas, um, you know, I kind of wonder if really that's kind of a, where the greatest needs are. Right at that, you know, startup culture change that needs to happen for and also the larger corporate culture i i wouldn't uh risk too much uh, i i to say that there's a greater risk uh for star, uh, greater uh interest or yeah risk for dei with startups or, or large companies i think uh there's a, a real need um everywhere in the market in terms of size of companies that need dei or csr but just some companies are more ready. I think it's our own bias in the way we went to market. That's really, you know, uh, what I what I suppose for now. So um, I I don't think that our uh, experience with the market is representative of the whole market for DEI. Yeah. Okay. And with your target talent, um, you know, what are you seeing as being kind of the biggest interests of people who are participating in the Equalathons? Like, um, and are they getting the difference between, you know, your average hackathon um, that they might, you know, find on like dev post or something and mm -hmm. what you're offering? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so there's, there's three kinds of um, people that we gather, three kinds of, you know, um, uh, participants in a in a hackathon. There's the people who participate to hack. There's the nonprofits who want to be supported, 
and uh, people that joined from the sponsoring companies and they all have different needs that can be combined through a, a hackathon. So uh, the nonprofits want to have a product that they can use, a, a solution that is functional that they can use after one week of um, hacking. During this week of hacking, the people who participate um, to actively develop the solutions, we invite them. And usually these are people that have, you know, between uh, zero and two years of experience, more than 50% of them have uh, less than two years of experience. Um, and they want to build their portfolio to be recruited more easily, but they also want to impact for good and to support a cause that they like. So the causes change every month and with the application that we're building, it's going to be able to change you know, all the time, depending on who is organizing the event and with whom. So for now, we're just still organizing the events by ourselves. And there's one theme per month, usually based on a day off something. So this month, it's the uh, International Day for Tolerance. And we gather multiple, you know, many of the nonprofits that we've supported um, over the past 12 months. We go back to their project and we're trying to scale the impact that we've had for them so that they can scale themselves. So participants try to support them and to build their, um, their marketability and their visibility with employers. And they get badges and certificates so they can show that on LinkedIn, et cetera. Uh, and the last group of people who participate are mentors or participants that companies send to us and they just sponsor the equivalent. So for the companies, it's about uh, making noise about doing things not only talking about things and really impacting for real uh, by supporting the nonprofits, but also by supporting usually underrepresented talent who are the participants, because more than 80% are women in tech, sometimes women of color or women in uh, Hispanic groups, or you know what I mean? So um, it's, it's a very diverse community that we have and they love it, the sponsors. So for them to be able to send um, mentors is also a way to engage the mentors around a specific theme each month that def that changes each month. So we don't support only one group, but many over the time of a year. And uh, you engage people, you let them learn about the specific theme because there's a bit of research to do, and then you let them work with the team. So you learn by doing, you learn by act actively working with people, and then you can recruit them potentially. So there's a whole set of possibilities. That's why I said the equalities are quite flexible. Yeah, and I probably should have asked this at the beginning. Um, they are virtual, right? Or do you have like yeah. in-person options? Okay, so they're polythons. Right are now they're virtual because of the pandemic. And I think it's also a way to scale. However, we can totally adapt equalities. So uh, right now it works since we are organizing them. We have sponsors who can combine. So one equalitan has multiple sponsors. But if a company wants to, like there's large financial companies because we're in New York who uh, are very interested in that. So we're going to build one, for instance, uh, by the end of the year or early next year for uh, one of them. And it's going to be just dedicated to them. We can do that as well. Yeah. And that actually, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it makes a lot of sense, right, as the, as the folks that are looking for talent and using, um, you know, and the per people that are displaying their ability to work in a distributed fashion, right, as that's becoming more common to be able to remotely participate in the hackathon and kind of show how you work in a remote team is, you know, seems also really relevant and helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. I think this is a great way, you know, uh, for companies to send mentors who are also hiring managers in their tech teams, which usually don't have a lot of diversity. It's like 80, 85, 90 percent 
white males like me uh, with a true American accent. So, <laughs> you know, you want to diversify a little bit just so your, your tech teams, which is now at the core of your product innovation because of digital transformation everywhere, has to map to match uh, your customer's base. So if you're uh, if you're if you're selling uh, as B2B, you're going to have more diverse companies and more requests for your own uh, partners to be diverse. So you have to diversify as well. If your core product team is not diversified, that might lead to missed opportunities. And then if you're really consumer facing uh, B2C, then there's really a need for you to think about different ways to engage the market because you're going to have your UX, UI teams developing products and, uh, you know, customer engagement online which is a channel that definitely evolves so much for, you know, grows so much for everyone that if you don't uh, take um, uh, your, your, your social diversity uh, as its core part of your tech team and innovation team, you're going to miss opportunities for sure. Yeah. Yes. And we've seen, you know, what can happen, what can go wrong um, if we don't have uh, representation and amongst the people who are building the things, the technologies and you know, innovations that are seeping into our everyday lives all over. And I just think specifically about you know, AI algorithms, right? And that's something that a lot of folks are becoming more aware of. Um, so much bias in AI, for instance. I'm sorry for interrupting. This is this has been such a, a shame um, in the past, and I'm sure this still exists a lot. So, I think you know that leads to another point, which is you know there are business advantages to diversity, to inclusion, to social and environmental sustainability and impact. But there's also just fair uh, a feeling of fairness, which 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 goes beyond. Uh, you know, a do good and feel good uh, feature for a company. Being fair really changes how employees um, perceive your company and how they're going to promote it for employer net promoter scores. Um, and, and this is going to change customer satisfaction. I mean, this has so much impact that is now well understood and integrated in ESG ratings, for instance. Being fair also has business advantages and it's linked. It doesn't separate. Right, yes, exactly. It's all connected. And I really, um, you know, when I first heard about what you guys were doing, I really was like, you know, kind of fascinated by the multiple layers of mission involved. Like, you know, because it's not only, you know, the, you know, DEI, ESG, CSR benefits for a corporation, you know, you all are coming into this with the mission of, increasing, you know, equity and, and opportunity in tech. And then of course, there's the people who are participating are actually, you know, getting to execute on a mission, you know, of a, a nonprofit. So I feel like, you know, as far as like, you know, being a win, 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 you know, for everyone with, you know, different missions at the center, but all working together. Absolutely. I mean, this is, we want to, uh, to impact beyond uh, businesses and and careers, we can all together, businesses and talents can impact society. And we support nonprofits that know what they're doing and that have an impact that can be scaled through tech. So we can we can do that and we can we can change, um, you know, leveraging tech, we can have an impact that is uh, global and long lasting and um, 
you know, scaling uh, and impact much, much more than what, what happens today. Um, so this is this is a goal for us that goes beyond our, um, you know, immediate uh, value propositions, etc. We can be part and we can lead as a team or co-lead with many others, I'm sure, uh, change towards a sustainable society. Yeah. Nothing less. <laughs> yeah, because the alternative is... <laughs> Uh, not so good. <laughs> and, you know, what was your, I guess, do you have like a, a favorite story or cause or, you know, something that stands out to you in this journey so far? Because how long have you, has this been around it? Uh, so we've, we thought of that concept uh, early 2020 and mm-hmm. um, I left my uh, former company which is now uh, one of our, you know, one of our first um, customers, by the way, for Equalitans. And uh, we implemented the first Equalitan in um, April 2020. And then at the time, um, we had not thought of the concept in a very detailed way. And we thought of an event. So we organized one event and then we were waiting like three months until the next one. And then we understood that if companies want to really impact their employees, it's better if it's a subscription, even if the events are smaller in size, but there's more um, opportunities for different people or the same people within the company to learn about all these intersections that usually, let's say if they come from tech teams, uh, chances are there they are uh, white males and they they don't they don't need to they don't experience uh, diversity. My my co-founder and co-CEO Mary. Um, is is a person of color and uh, she lives in the Bronx. I live in Brooklyn. I, <laughs> there's no way I, I have experienced the same level of bias and racism and everything that she uh, unfortunately has had to suffer. And we don't think of that all the time. And uh, that's an issue because then we are less inclusive, I think, sometimes, you know, uh, I would say many of us are <laughs> less inclusive. So we, um, we need to experience what it is, uh, and we need to understand the different intersections, and then we can bring as managers, as team managers, uh, the knowledge to to our teams. and uh, And I, I think it's important that each manager understands by by living what it is, uh, and then can adapt uh, different concepts, learn with DEI learnings um, while experimenting through equalities, for instance. Adapt all that to their teams because each team has specific uh, diversity levels, specific goals, and it's difficult to have one truth about diversity, equity, inclusion. Right. Yeah, I guess depending on the team, their experience with the Equalathon participants might be the first time that they work in the technical capacity, you know, with a, um, you know, with a younger a black woman or you know in tech or and what's happening for instance is um so this is something to your initial question uh that we've that we've seen with multiple equalities is that people who participate that we invite that are not from the companies that are the developers that we invite they like to talk about their experiences and they like to share um what they've seen and it's us you know and they do that with the mentors who then learn by just hearing a person one one so it's completely different it's much more you can feel uh, emotions this way mm-hmm. it's not the training where you you, <laughs> you have the checkbox right yeah 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 and there's a real um i think in terms of like impact and like lasting 
um, impression, right, that can be made um, in that way and in a more of an exchange of ideas. Right. This is something that we are working on measuring in a way that doesn't add too much, <laughs> uh, you know, in a way that is still engaging for people. Um, but we'd like to understand how better mentors understand a specific uh, intersection, a specific underrepresented talent community, uh, how more they're ready to do something for diversity, equity, inclusion, if they are, if they think now that uh, they've participated in an equality or multiple equality that this is really tied to their business more than before, you know, mm-hmm. all this that participates in, in building the right inclusive um, culture in a company. Yeah. So you're thinking about how to kind of track the attitude changes and, you know, any type of cultural shifts that come from participating. That, um, as shared by the participants at least, yeah. but also as co-endorsed by all the participants. So we have badges that participants give to each other, but they can give to mentors and mentors can give badges to us. So you can see who is engaged, who is doing what, uh, even remotely. And you can see who who uh, you know who has played a role in uh, finding the solution. And then we ask also um, uh, some feedback to the different kinds of participants. And aggregating all that, you can end up with a report about engagement. But we also want to see if people feel like they belong more in mm-hmm. a company uh, or in their department. We want to see um, how much more ready they are to promote a company or not. So for belonging, we've mm-hmm. seen you know 25% more um, belonging. Mm-hmm. We'll see. You know, we it's still. We're still quite new, so we're still developing these reports, and we're looking for, um, you know, uh, more more customers slash partners to uh, to go on for now. Yeah, um, I think that's you know pretty awesome. I, you know, I'm a hammer, right? Everything looks like a nail, right? And so I feel <laughs> the measurement piece, you know, especially at the early stages, is something that you know it's a little bit hard to take to take a step back and do that work, but I think it's awesome that you guys are thinking about this, you know, from the beginning as part of your DNA, because as you're saying, like it's, you know, there's reports, right, to your um, clients, um, there's what you are trying to achieve yourselves, and all of this information that you guys are thinking about and um, collecting is going to, you know, you'll reap dividends and a, you know, being able to communicate the impact to the people who are sponsoring as well as for yourselves to know like that you're doing what you set out to do, um, which I find you know, super important because, <laughs> um, you know, it's easy to, uh, I guess, to cater to the metrics needs of people who are paying you, right? And prioritize that, but, you know, in your soul or like the soul of your organization or for what you're doing, there are other concerns sometimes, right? That you also want to keep track of. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, for instance, for, you know, I think uh, very easily for the people who participate as developers and innovators, um, we want to build other features in the future. So besides the certificates and badges that they get and all the leaderboards that we can build with that. So it really helps them shine with our sponsors and other people who want to look at them and uh, hire them. We can help them. We, you know, I, one vision for midterm would be to leverage this um, community that we're uh, building and the first application for equalities that we're building as the beginning of a whole marketplace 
and or platform for other applications to um, to support um, the people who participate. And so you can think of more mentoring with partner organizations that do mentoring. You can think of uh, video uh, resume tools and um, support. You can think of referrals, a new kind of referrals that is more inclusive because referral is always criticized as not being exclusive and people just refer um, other students they've known from the same school, etc. So there's many things you can do that help operationalize DEI and CSR uh, beyond the tools that exist currently that are mostly resume review and analytics. But if you only do resume or job reviews uh, through AI and uh, analytics, you don't really do something concrete at scale besides that. And all the goals for DEI and all the cultural aspect, it's much more human-based. So that's why our uh, technology is going to bridge all these different people together in a much faster and more efficient way uh, than whatever you can do by yourself because it takes hours or hundreds of hours to organize something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and with the data that we create during these equalities about people participation, people's engagement, uh, and the impact and how we change society, we can do other things later on you know, with this data and we can support people with the data that is unique to this platform like enabling them to uh, to be seen by hiring managers, to refer each other in a much faster, easier way, et cetera, et cetera. Right, and you know, it, it is unique. Um, and I'm just curious about like how, um, you know, people may hear like, especially in this community, right? The Civic Hacker Network may hear like Hackathon and, you know, feel like they know what's going on, <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's only a tiny bit of the story and so, you know, how did you all decide on the innovation, you know, that you're bringing to this space? Um, you know, what was kind of the aha? You know, I mean, probably you didn't start out with badges right away or um, you know, how did that kind of develop? And no, we're we're still not done with the badges. <laughs> this is gonna evolve, but um, yeah, how it began was we wanted to um, we wanted to build something. F you know, I was in, I was personally um, influenced by the Me Too movement and what I learned from my wife, who's working in film, about the film industry, and it's not something uh, as gross as you can imagine, but still there are differences. Um, and biases against women there. So I was led to reflect about all that and get out of my white male bubble uh, during the Me Too movement, personally, and uh, all the uh, maybe, uh, you know, environment, societal environment in the US and the world at the same time. Um, and that led me to really want to impact the world while doing um, a recruiting company at the time and uh, things didn't work and we had to change and finally we thought okay how are we going to do something that's useful for companies and for talent um, and we thought of hackathons at this time and we wanted to create you know to make them more for for equality than uh, what's happening currently so equalities were born conceptually and then implemented later <laughs> okay and then yeah I guess as you were doing them, you started to see probably all of the um, avenues of opportunity. Yeah, I mean, initially we were thinking of recruitment 
Yeah. Only. And uh, when we talked to to companies, uh, it's uh, recruiting is a very difficult market, and there are lots of tools and lots of agencies and uh, recruiting even software and whatever you can imagine it already exists. So recruiting, you know, unless you have a lot of people that you know, companies are looking for um, recruitment usually by looking at how many people, how, how much of the talent pool you can build for them and how easy the tool is to integrate to their ATS. So it's a lot of development and it's a lot of um, uh, work to, to, to get into that, that field. Uh, and we're, we're, we're getting ready now, but in the beginning it was more difficult. Um, and so we, speaking with customers who liked what we were doing, they were saying, okay, for our company, you'd be uh, better, you know, using um, other kinds of value propositions or they didn't say it like that, but it was what it meant basically. So speak more about CSR, speak more about engagement. And we're like, oh yeah, this is this is something that Equalitans can do actually. And we've, we've discovered maybe 10 different kinds of value proposition value that we can bring to companies. And that's why I say it's super flexible. In the future, my vision is that you're gonna have this platform and as an HR or a manager, uh, or a CSR lead, or you know, uh, a business lead for innovation lead, or you can choose to tweak the equalitan for you, and and the equalitan structure is going to differ, and the people you invite is going to differ for the the business outcome you want, or the fair outcome you want. Yeah, and so um, if somebody is you know interested in getting involved in some way or um, contributing, like what what are the things that they can do as kind of a next step? So if they're, uh, if they're someone who just uh, leaves a bootcamp, for instance, their goal is to develop their portfolio. Um, we're gonna, we have more and more partnerships with bootcamps, for instance. So um, by the end of the year, we should uh, double the amount of bootcamps partners we have currently it's general assembly full stack academy we have Lateran, so it's kind of uh us based and we're going to expand the number of cities uh, so they're going to be contacted this way and interested because they can build their portfolio and build something for good um, while meeting people that are peers or mentors who share uh, their values for inclusion and and respect and you know uh, doing things for good we're builders and we want to change things Right. And then if someone has a nonprofit um, that they are or a startup. Um, okay. So for a nonprofit, um, it's really currently, uh, you know, just looking at things on our website and uh, contacting us this way, or we know people, uh, we, we're looking for nonprofit kind of umbrella organizations that exist too. So nonprofits who support other nonprofits by media means or, you know, things like that so that they can direct us to a nonprofit that would really need some tech uh, or um, sees his uh, number of members grow fast. So there's not enough need, there's not enough uh, capability for them to really uh, support the volunteers, for instance, you know, we can, uh, this is how nonprofits can be interested and um, and contact us. And then for startups, it's a bit different than with large companies. So for startups, we can help them find tech co-founders in our community because the people who join usually are super dynamic uh, achievers. They work like crazy for a week, and uh, and we know uh, who is really motivated as well. 
and then they can uh, contact them to become co-founders because usually for a startup unless you really are in an ai field or research field uh you don't need super complex tech so you can have someone who's a little bit of a of a you know a, a beginner uh, or has two years of experience for instance two to five years and this is definitely the sweet spot uh, for two-thirds of our community so and also people in our community are usually career switchers specifically mm-hmm. uh you know women of 30 years old uh, that 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 want to change okay. careers so they have a whole business experience um uh, that they bring to to their new roles and that really puts their their tech uh, uh sorry uh their their soft skills on steroids if you want for their new roles and for a startup it's super interesting to have these people with multiple business comprehension levels yeah wow i had i just goes to show you the bias i hadn't really thought about that <laughs> as um something that but yeah now that you talk about it like is it because like with the boot camps tend to be like you know upskilling for career changers and so through your partnerships with them you're finding that you're having this you know um more experienced population coming in with uh new tech skills but Mm -hmm. a lot of well-developed business skills yeah correct Mm -hmm. wow well that's pretty cool um and so do you have any announcements or calls to action for us before we wrap up? So we have, um, we've been accepted um, in an incubator by New York uh, University Tendon School of Engineering uh, earlier in September. So this was really helpful for us to get new connections. It's um, uh, an incubator specifically for veterans because Mary, my co-founder and co-CEO is a veteran spouse. Um, so this enables us to to connect with more people. So thank you to the NYU incubator. We also are now uh, seeing more um, you know customers and subscribers to to our uh, equivalent for on the sponsor side. And there's really a lot of uh, companies interested in both engaging their mentors and recruiting through us. Uh, we are seeing, you know, just last week, three um, accelerators this time coming to us without us doing anything. So not announcing anything, but just it shows that there is something happening. So I'm super excited by all that. And since we yeah. are still in the very early stages of our company, this is these are super good news for us. Yeah, that's wonderful news. Um, you know, really happy to hear that there's, you know, the interest out there because it's obviously important and it's great that you guys are right on time, you know, with, I think, you know, shows the timing is right for what you're doing. So thank you for doing it. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. All right. Well, um, I think that that will do it for us for this session. And I look forward to seeing everyone in the next. And thank you so much, Hugo. Thank you, Laurie. Have a good day. Hey, listeners, the Civic Hacker Network is a nonprofit fiscally hosted by the amazing Open Collective Foundation, a 501c3. Why am I telling you this? Because it means that when you support this podcast with a donation of any amount, depending on the tax code that applies to your situation, your donation could be tax deductible. So go to civic-hackers.org nonprofit to donate today and support our work. 
Huge shout out to those who have already donated or are supporting us through their paid membership in the Civic Hacker Network. I appreciate you. I invite anyone who is able and so inclined to join your support with theirs by going to civic-hackers.org slash nonprofit and you'll see the different ways you can contribute there. Since you're listening right now, I know that you know that civic hackers work on so many of the most pressing issues of our time. At the time of this recording, Russia is invading and attempting a violent takeover of Ukraine. On our social media, you might have already seen that we have reposted the Hack for Ukraine call to action from Emergency Hack, a group that describes itself as facing emergencies with open source and civic hacking, transforming data into collective knowledge. We definitely want to bring up this opportunity to our podcast listeners as well. The needs are urgent, and if this way of contributing resonates with you, please do get involved. You can get involved by heading over to their GitHub at github.com slash emergencyhack slash eurohelp.info slash issues. That long link will be in the show notes and in this episode description. Let's all pray for peace. Wow, I feel like Hugo is certainly owed more than a simple thank you for sharing his story and some insight into Esteem and how they create several dimensions of social impact, including providing an avenue to improve diversity and inclusion in the tech world. This episode is being released in March, which is Women's History Month, and Esteem has joined forces with an organization called Girl Develop It to support the fight for fairness in the workplace. So if you are inspired and want to get involved with Esteem's work, check the show notes for how to participate in their Women's History Month Equalathon. Alternatively, you can go ahead and reach out to Hugo and his team on their website at esteem.com. That's E-S-S-T-E-E-M.com. If you have other ways in mind for how you'd like to connect with their work. I'd love to hear from any of you who are working on solutions in the area of DEI or any of the other acronyms Hugo and I talked about, or maybe you're working on other social causes within your community you can drop me a line via email at lori at civic-hackers.org or leave a voicemail by heading over to civic-hackers.org slash pod. That's civic-hackers.org slash pod. Given that it's Women's History Month right now, I'd like to wrap up this episode with gratitude by reflecting on women and their allies. I'm thankful for people like Hugo who are showing up for women and for all the women who keep showing up and standing up despite the forces of inequity that would shut them out of opportunities to shape the technologies that continue to impact all of our lives. I'm thankful for people who use the technology and tools at their disposal to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion in business and hold organizations accountable for walking the walk when it comes to their social responsibility claims. I have the privilege of producing this podcast from an incredibly gorgeous area in far Northern California, 
and it is with gratitude that I acknowledge the Wintu people, the original stewards of the beautiful lands in and around Redding, California, their ancestral and present home. I never forget to express how grateful I am for you, listener. I'm always open to your feedback. The feedback I get helps me improve this podcast and better serve you, the network. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, and if you haven't already, please do me a favor and rate and review the show, because that helps other people discover this podcast. Don't forget to follow the Civic Hacker Network on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, and claim your free membership to get an invitation to join us on Slack. You can find all of the links on our website, civic-hackers.org. I'm Lori McNeil. Wishing you all the good things between now and your next listen to the Civic Hacker Podcast. Problems have solutions. Let's get to work. The Civic Hacker Podcast is a production of the Civic Hacker Network. The Civic Hacker Network is a networking and support hub for people using data and technology to create positive change in their communities. Join the network for free at civic-hackers.org.